0: Hello and thank you for listening to Campfire Medicine. I'm your host, Jason Chan. And I wanted this first episode uh, to be about um, a case that I had today um, in which uh, I'm in an urgent care setting in this particular case and I had a a uh, 60-something-year-old gentleman come in with a cough, runny nose and just not feeling well for five days. Um, the main, the chief complaint was cough and a runny nose. Um, patient was afebrile, no fever, and his vitals were all within normal limits. He wasn't hypertensive. He wasn't tachycardic. And, um, um, as I walked in the room on inspection, uh, and, um, and quick observation, um, he's, um, had a a bit of a hacky cough, um. And he, he had a tissue and he was sniffling a little bit and um, just started chatting with him about his symptoms and that it's hasn't been getting better for the last five days. Now, this case is a very, very common type of situation in which um, we see in urgent care. And whether it's, you know, you're 60-something, you're 20-something, you're 30-something, doesn't, doesn't really matter. Um, but a lot of people come in with... Um, this same kind of complaint kind of like an upper respiratory type of symptom whether it's a cough or nasal congestion runny nose combination thereof Um, maybe even um, uh, a fever and uh, you know a fever can be um, uh, subjective you know in in a way in that they don't measure, the the patient doesn't measure their temperature at home, they just felt warm or they had the chills or were sweating and just felt like, you know, they had a temperature change. And yeah, they certainly could have had a fever. But one of the questions obviously is, did you take any ibuprofen or Tylenol prior to uh, coming in? Or over the last couple of days, uh, a lot of people don't take their temperature at home, they just say they have a fever because they know that they felt warm. And so, um you know, back to this particular patient um, uh quickly on exam, I'm not going to get too detailed on this, but quickly on exam. he's pretty much unremarkable for any kind of um well, anything remarkable. Um, uh, his lungs are clear, uh his throat is mildly irritated. Uh, he's he he does have some um, clear discharge that he's of course uh, you know wiping with his uh, tissue. Um, his uh, you know uh, he he doesn't have any um, palpation percussion um, or any kind of um, uh, sinus discomfort whether that's maxillary that's the frontal. Um, he's just mildly intermittently congested and runny. So. And again, doesn't have a temperature, but you know what the patient is there for because most of the time they've tried um, either one, two, or multiple over-the-counter remedies or maybe they haven't tried anything, they're just there because they know that you have something that they need or they want and that is an antibiotic. And so um, a lot, I'd say the majority of the patients that you turn away, Uh, this kind of patient without an antibiotic um, is they're not necessarily going to be upset you know some are a lot are actually Um, but they're going to still be wanting uh, most of the time an antibiotic or for you to at least tell them that in a very kind of stern and confident way that they definitely have a viral syndrome and they don't need one now even if you do say that, like I said, in most cases, the patient still wants or, or, or thinks that they need an antibiotic. And so what do you do, right? Uh, you know, the proper thing in this case, obviously, is to let them know that they, you know, don't, you don't believe that they need an antibiotic and explain why. But I can't tell you how many times I've done that and tried to explain why. And you see the posturing already. Of the patient, most of the time, they're there because they want a Z Pack. They're there because they want that augmentin or amoxicillin or whatever it is that they had uh, before, whether it was a season ago or a few months ago or whatever it was that got, quote, got rid of their symptoms. And I can't say with 100% certainty that it didn't, because most of the patients will tell you, I took a Z Pack and it went away. And did it go away because they took the z-pack or did they did it go away because they the symptoms were going to go away anyway but they just took the z-pack and it went away so um what was it was it actually the antibiotic or was it kind of um the fact that it was going to go away was it a placebo because placebo uh believe it or not you know you know there's there's something to say about the mind a lot to say about the mind I had a case once um, and, you know, I, I, tell, I tell this story sometimes to, uh, to some of my colleagues in that um, I had a, um, a manager at urgent care come in uh, to the office while I was, you know, charting and said, hey, I really need you to see this patient um, because uh, she's in room seven and crying. Um, and explain the fact... First of all, when she said she's in room 7 and crying, I'm like, okay, she's in room 7. Usually we don't have anybody in room 7. That's far away from all the other rooms. What's going on? And it turned out that uh, this patient was seen by another provider uh, just a few minutes ago and was walking out and was tearful and complaining and uh, wanted to speak with the manager or somebody from the front desk called the manager and the manager came in and talked to the patient. And... Um, put them in room seven, and then came to see me and said, hey, can you go and uh, talk to this patient and smooth this over? And it turned out that the patient was already seen, wanted az pack, Z-Pak, didn't get it. And she was an elderly lady in her mid-70s, and she had these similar symptoms the year prior. And um, she took the z pack, was prescribed a pack, and her symptoms went away. And so she said these symptoms were exactly like the ones last year. And um, to her, they were terrible. Um, I, you know, I don't want get into the specifics, but um, they were similar to the, the uh, symptoms that I just outlined for this 60-something-year-old gentleman. A little bit more serious, I, I, I do remember that she was wheezing uh, um, in her upper lobes, but she was prescribed, I believe, uh, an inhaler. And she was um, febrile, but just barely. And I, I don't remember how long her symptoms were, but the fact was that she was emotionally distraught because she didn't have an antibiotic. And so, a similar case, but not the same, but in both cases, patients wanting an antibiotic coming into the, uh, to the uh, urgent care, fast track uh, clinic, whatever, and wanting an antibiotic and maybe not needing it, right? So, this is how I've, I've, and I, You know, I'm going to have some providers that might listen to this and call this blasphemy and want my license and, you know, you know, get that guy, you know, he need he needs to stop practicing medicine or whatever it is. But I don't believe even though that there's, you know, there's a lot of antibiotic resistance out there. And um, if you don't know what that is, I can certainly explain that, but I would, you know, look that up, antibiotic resistance. Certainly there's a lot of antibiotic resistance out there for over-prescriptions, over-prescribing of antibiotics. And I could be guilty of that uh, in some instances. And I tell you why. I treat adults like adults, right? And if this particular... Um, elderly lady or this gentleman um, really wants an antibiotic and will either get it from me or get it from someone else and um, are going to yell and complain and scream or whatever it is and be upset about it or come back later and complain and say, hey, my you know, doctor gave me an antibiotic after I left here and it went away and, 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 you know, whatever, just want to rub it in your face. Or another another problem is that they don't come back and it's usually in urgent care and, and, and uh, most urgent cares are businesses. And believe it or not, we can get into this topic later, but hospitals are businesses, believe it or not. They're not uh, some kind of humanitarian, um, um, uh, you know, some superhero that, uh, you know, you know, uh, made this humanitarian mission to, to to create this big hospital system. These are businesses, right? And they're, and they're wanting and trying to make money. All of them, every most, most hospitals, most big hospital systems, whether you believe it or not. Okay. And so going back to an urgent care, that's a business usually privately owned. A lot of them now are owned by hospitals. So they're, yeah, they're trying to make money. So what do you try to do in a business situation you want your client and or customer to come back, right? And so does that mean that you have to prescribe the antibiotic? No, not necessarily. But do you want to have the patient come back? Do you want to um, have a good rapport with the community? Do you want to uh, spread good uh, education? Do you want to share that with the patient? I What I try to do... And I try to do this the very best I can, is to if I'm going to prescribe an antibiotic, in which I really feel, and I don't, I'm, I'm not the all-knowing, you know. Certainly, somebody who's afebrile could need an antibiotic, and you may not see it on physical exam. Uh, You know, uh, some providers would argue with me on that, but that that is true. I've heard clear lung sounds and gotten a chest X-ray before and seen pneumonia, and that is a fact. So. I don't, I'm not the all-knowing. So what I normally do with the patient, and this is, you know, the majority of the time, um, there there are, you know, maybe 20, 30% of the time that I just, I'm firm, I stand firm in that. I'm not definitely not going to prescribe the antibiotic, but... For the most part, if if there is a situation where the patient and or patient family is really pushing for it, like a parent on a child, and or you know you know somebody who really feels that they need it, and you know they you know make a little bit of a compelling case for why they feel like they need it, and I'm not going to make them beg, obviously, but. If they do, you know, let me know, or they they disclose certain things about the the illness that was similar to last year or recently, and they know that you know a certain antibiotic helps them in their sinusitis and/or um, this particular, uh, you know, these that these symptoms that are um, uh, dire to them anyway, um, and certain antibiotics that they feel that have worked in the past for them, I really do listen. I listen to those situations and. Sometimes, you know, a lot of times I will prescribe the antibiotic and I will always, you know, you know, put an asterisk by this if I don't feel like they should be taking it initially. And I will tell them, don't take this right now. What I would, This is what I'm suggesting. I'm going to prescribe four medicines, you know, and I'm going to ask that you please take these three. These are three medicines that you haven't tried yet, okay? I want you to try these or two medicines or maybe even one but I usually couple the antibiotic with a medicine and or two or three depending on what their symptoms are and I, and I ask them please take these medicines for at least two days and see if it gets better. Get good sleep, eat well, hydrate, take ibuprofen and or Tylenol all over the counter. Uh, if you're not hypersensitive and or allergic, just take an adult dose on food and take care of yourself and get good rest. Stay away from stress, all those things I, I try to do Take the, your other medications that you're supposed to be taking as well. Keep your sugar down. Uh, you know, sugar is bacteria. I, like I, I try to disclose as much as I can for them to do on top of taking the, the, the medicines and then the antibiotic is last. Yeah, some people are going to leave the, the clinic and they're going to go straight to the pharmacy, Just pers- you know, just fill the antibiotic and take that and they may or may not get better. Most of the time, I'd say 99% of the time, I don't ever see them again. And, and I don't mean ever again. I mean for those symptoms that season, right? But I do end up seeing them for something else. They always come back because they're happy, right? Now, am I creating resistance? Uh, maybe a little bit. That's possible. Um, I, I really hope not. And I hope that they're doing what I'm asking them to do. And if they do take those other two or three medications and they aren't getting better then god bless them i mean take the antibiotic then you know and if you do get better i was wrong you know and or was i right i don't know but i wanted to uh, just give you that quick case today uh, because um i had uh that that particular case today and then i had a similar case yesterday and i you know i had a similar case last week i i have this kind of case weekly and so I feel like it's something that um, that's important to to at least touch on a little bit, and uh, whether you are a provider that's listening, uh, you're somebody from um, that works in healthcare or EMS or or you're a patient or you know you you're sick right now, whatever it is, um, I urge you to um, just whether you're a provider, you know and, and you're very strict on uh, prescribing antibiotics, maybe, you know, and it's hard to talk to providers. Sometimes everybody's usually, most providers are usually stuck in their ways, especially uh, providers who've been practicing a long time. There's a lot of providers right now that are listening that are probably like, have already shut this off because they, they think that what I'm saying is garbage. And if somebody doesn't need an antibiotic, they're definitely not going to prescribe it. And I've heard those, those, I've heard those type of of, of people, those types of people uh, talk at length before as colleagues. And, um, you know, I, I'm not saying I, I don't or do agree with them, but um, what I am saying is that there are a lot of providers, you know, doctors, especially that uh, you can't tell them what to do. And not that I'm trying to do that, but I'm just sharing a story uh, in that um, I've had good, um, a, lot of, a lot of success with patients uh, handling uh, this type of situation this way, and normally I do see the patient again, whether it's for that those particular symptoms and or something else, and they're they're very happy to come back and 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 um, and get care uh, when they're when they feel like they've they've been listened to. So uh, you could take it or leave it. Um, not going to get too um, in depth into you know, certain antibiotics and, you know, be specific about symptoms and or age or what the temperature was. It's more of like a social situation. So, um, so thank you for listening to this, um, this first episode of Campfire Medicine. I hope to, um, just share some cases that, uh, that I have and, uh, you can, um, you know, contact me and curse me out on, uh, my email. If you're a provider and you don't agree with this, it's campfiremedicine at gmail.com. Or you can, uh, you know, if you're a patient, you agree or don't agree or, you know, you have something to say about it. I would love to hear from you, whether it's positive or negative, because I learn from both. I learn from people who are screaming at me. Not that I like being screamed at, but I have learned quite a bit uh, that way. And then I've also learned from people who are really kind, and um, I have some really amazing, really cool stories uh, that uh, and cool people that I encounter really almost every day, whether it's in clinic or um, even at the gym. I'd like to share some stuff about some fitness stuff and um, maybe even some food type of things that uh, some some um, recipes um, some wild game recipes that I've, um, that I've been really successful with lately, um, with you. Uh, so it's all about health and it's all about good medicine. And so thank you for listening to this first episode of Campfire Medicine.